Hi everyone and welcome back to season 1 episode number 24 of the Advice from Hannah show. This week we'll be interviewing the artist Lisa from The Goods Toronto. It is an all vegan restaurant located in 279 Bronxville Avenue in Toronto, Ontario. Lisa was phenomenal. You guys are going to love her as much as I do. Before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank our media sponsor, The Wolf Cole, which is an online community and academy for entrepreneurs to learn how to build and market their brands through digital and social media. All courses and workshops within The Wolf Academy are taught and led and created by fellow entrepreneur, influencers, and subject matter experts, and were created with a no-fluff policy in mind. Are you tired of spending time and money on events and courses that didn't actually lead to actionable tactics for her business? Founder of, of Wolf Co. Amanda wanted to create a place that did. The Wolf Academy was born and now offers an annual membership for all your access to courses which include visual content for all of us. Courses include topics such as Instagram for Business, Building a Digital Brand, Unlocking LinkedIn, Pinterest 101, Automating Your Business Through Facebook Messenger, and Understanding the Power of Data, and much more gems. For a mere $99 a year, you have access to all these courses and the event. The Wolf Co. is advice from Hannah approved, and I can't wait for you to check it out. If you want to learn more, you can definitely hit her up on thewolf.co on Instagram and let her know Hannah sent you. Hi and welcome everyone to the Advice from Hannah show. I have a phenomenal guest right now. I know I always say this every single time, but you guys are going to love Lisa, the artist from The Goods. I'm super happy to have her on. Lisa, welcome. Thanks. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. All if chick get to me once now, baby. All if chick get to me. All if chick get, get. All if chick get to me. I know that you're super busy, and I'm so thankful that you sat down with me to, to kind of chat it out. If you, I need to have a camera when it comes on these interviews because the vibes have just been too much. Um, I'm gonna definitely let you know where this location is, and if you guys don't come by here, we cannot be friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's totally true. So. Before we get started into the like the juicy questions, like ex- describe yourself. Like, what what do you do? Sure, sure. Oh, it's always like a bit of a hard question because I feel like I'm so so many things when you run your own your own business. But um, so I am the creator and the founder of the goods. I guess I'm technically also a chef. Um, previous to starting the goods, which is actually a restaurant for anyone who hasn't heard of us before. I spent a, a decade working in the advertising industry in Toronto, so I was a producer and account manager, and then I had a food experience in my late 20s that just opened my mind to the possibilities motorcycles Love of it. food and um, the possibilities of food and its healing potential, and I became incredibly passionate um, and basically obsessive over that and needed to do that. So I started The Goods in 2012, and um, my mandate is to make really quick easy delicious food but using only single ingredients and making sure everything has like a medicinal quality or a functional or functional properties in the body so um, it is technically a healing diet so that's my specialty and she doesn't have any can openers in this place yeah so that is that tells you the quality of food that's here 
Um, I really like how you said that food is medicine, mm -hmm. like which I feel it is, but I feel it's now today. Mm -hmm. Like people just use food to like hide their emotions or just totally. to, to get by in the day, and we don't really view what we're putting into our our bodies. Yeah. So I, th I think the key is that food can be medicine. And it also can be poison. So food is is powerful. I, I believe personally it's at the root of everything. Um, the tricky thing with food is that it's gonna have the same effect on you whether you know or not. So you can you know turn us off right now and not listen and it, 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 that's fine. You can't ignore the facts. Like food is that powerful. So if you allow it to be medicine, it can heal you in ways that are like beyond your wildest imagination. And if you choose to ignore it, it will make you sick and it the problem with food um as a poison is is a quite a slow poison so you'll find yourself getting sick and you won't even realize you are sick and you won't know why and unfortunately if you go um to most mainstream like allopathic doctors they're going to just prescribe you a prescription that will mask the symptoms rather than going to the actual like root of what the cause is of why you're feeling that way so food is a tricky thing because it's very powerful whether you know it or not Absolutely, especially with pharmaceuticals. I am like against them 100%. So I know that there are alternate rounds, like alternate ideas for you to feel better, but you just have to do the research or come see you and just like chat yeah. with you. We, there's um, a, we have a lot of power in our own hands to make ourselves feel well, to thrive. Absolutely. This is why we're talking. <laughs> this is exactly why we're talking. It's funny because I, I started eating Lisa's salad at a meeting that I go to monthly and I fell in love with the colors and just like the thought process that goes into it and, and the salad dressings, how I could tell like the layers are so thin and so neat and everything's so fresh. I could go out, she's not paying me to say this, but like I'm, when I see something good, I understand it and I, and I get like the creative process through it and me being a creative and you too, wow, I just said I'm a creative, um, <laughs> you are. How, how's the creative process for you to make these these plates? Is there like, do you dream up the ideas? Like with me, I obsess over a word mm -hmm. until it comes out. Mm -hmm. um, kind of, what, what would be the creative process with, with her plates? Yeah, I think, I mean, I wish I could, I could succinctly answer that and mm -hmm. that there was a very particular process I followed. Um, there isn't, but I think generally it comes about in a few different ways. Um, I, I often, this might sound like a little bit out there, but I'm no, no, very, you're like, out there? Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Get as weird as possible. I love this. Okay, love so it. yeah, I think with a lot of my food, first of all, it often stems from like, um, like I would call myself like a recovered junk food junkie. So mm -hmm. I had some really bad eating habits um, prior to me getting into food, which is why the eating just like a clean, whole plant-based, um, diet had such a profound impact on me. Just to give a little more background, I think I'm so deep into the world of food that I forget that other people haven't had the experience and don't realize exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about functional and healing foods. So basically, just for some context, I'm talking about plant-based foods made from single ingredients, no preservatives, and processed minimally and with a lot of thoughtfulness. So our food is also gluten-free and we only use fermented organic soy products and it's low glycemic or sugar-free. So when I say it's in a healing category, it is legitimately like a healing diet. Um, but in terms of my creative process, so there's a lot of technicality behind the type of food I'm making. So that's the basis. So there's a lot of parameters. And mm -hmm. as an artist, I work really well with restrictions. So if you give me, if you just push me into a grocery store and say, buy anything and create, I'm going to just panic. But if you say, okay, here, you can make it, you can make something, but you can't use these things and you can only use these things. That's where I start to get really creative. Um, even as a child, when we'd have a project and they'd say, 
okay, it's time for it to write speeches, write on anything you want, I'd basically have a meltdown and be like, you oh, have no. to give me, no, <laughs> I need a, parameters, please. So I think that's why my food is, it would be viewed as quite restrictive. But for me creatively, that works really well. I like love creating within some confines. Um, so that's part of it. Um, another part, because I'm, I call myself a recovered junk food junkie, it better be filling, it better be flavorful, it better be satiating, um, and it better hit all those flavor balances. A little bit sweet, a little bit tangy, a little bit salty, a little bit fatty, I have that umami, that's like a big thing for me. So I'm also thinking about the flavor experience. I'm thinking about volume. So there, I want the, the portions to be larger. Like you couldn't finish your medium salad yeah. with your soup today. And like the intention is that you eat this food, you're veggie loading, so you're getting a dense amount of nutrient um, nutritious ingredients and in large quantities so you feel full and it's also having an impact on your body so now I'm thinking about the dietary categories I'm thinking about the volume of food I'm thinking about the flavor balancing and then the beauty of working with fresh food is it's gorgeous Absolutely. and vibrant so on top of it I'm balancing colors and wanting things to look really beautiful together so the um our chuck bowl is like really earthy has a lot of bold colors there's like raw beets on top and the sauce is this like dark kind of rich and sexy toasty sesame and there's arugula and it's a little bit spicy and a little bit um bold um and it has a look its colors are bold you know and then mm -hmm. you had the tricky tahini and the tricky is is inspired very much from fresh rolls so we don't use nuts in the store um so it's a tahini based a nut sauce sorry to be tahini based sauce that's inspired from like a peanut sauce right nice. but then you have all these like crunchy veggies and the colors are a lot brighter and like more poppy than mm -hmm. that bold chuck so for me there's like this whole relationship between the way the things look and how they function together um, in terms of their medicinal qualities and then how they appear and then how they feel in the mouth so that's another piece right so the way things are cut like if you notice like the cabbage is like quite thin like a ribbon mm -hmm. and the carrots are in a similar and um, it's called mouthfeel. So it's like when you take a bite, you're able to mix up the salad and get a bite of almost everything. Rather than like early on, I would try and have like big slices of carrots, but it doesn't work the way as nicely as like a shred. So everything like the team, my team is like really clear on that uh, that desire to have this like really feel really beautiful proportioned and mouthfeel. Um, with the salads and so they're really particular about the way they prep stuff and we're really religious about making sure it's like always consistent and the same and then um, it, in the end you want to also make sure that it's uh, you're getting enough sauce so I'm really crazy about the sauce so there's like the exact amount of sauce you need for every salad so people will come in here and just like we'll use a little bit and we're like no pour it on because when you pour it on and mix it all up you're having like that is like the final experience right so it's like I'm a bit of like a maniac when I think of all the connecting points but to create one meal I'm like thinking about all kinds of things so I think that answers the question that was the most beautiful answer I've ever heard <laughs> I'm sitting here like literally when you try her salads you take a bite and everything she just described came to life instantly like Sweet. the colors the, the taste, the earthy tones are in it, and then just, just the colors. I'm such a visual person yeah, that too. the colors and how they prep everything, you could tell that there's thoughtfulness and that you really care about your customers and what they're consuming. Like, I, I felt like I was in like my mom's neighborhood kitchen. Ah, nice. When Thank I walked you. in here. So that's kind of the vibe, and like, I commend you. Like, just everybody from advice from hannah podcast is gonna come in here we're gonna have a party one of these days yeah <laughs> do it do it we're gonna we're gonna do that but it's just you're such a creative soul thank you you're so creative and it's you just have to i'm gonna take pictures of the space so you guys understand like she batches 
Her furniture. <laughs> I got it totally too. <laughs> you match your furniture. Like this is I was I was gonna say that earlier and it's just something that is incredible. Like your work, what you're doing now, your legacy will be something people are gonna talk about years. Like Thank you. I hope so. Oh, I'm I'm gonna make sure of it. That's gonna, <laughs> That's my mission in life. That is totally my mission in life. Thank you. It is. It's like, I think that's one of the most exciting things about having my own business is it's like this, uh, it's a manifestation of part of myself essentially. And so I love that I, that expression of like, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think when you own your own business, especially a business like this, that is very much like, you know, purpose driven, like I'm trying to do something and do something differently than other people. It gives me this opportunity to like magnify the change that I want to see. And so that's like part of what's really exciting. So I appreciate that you're like feeling it and getting it because that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So oh, it's it's clear as water on yeah. my, through my lenses. <laughs> uh, whoever doesn't see this, they need to oh, they need to come talk to me. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> it is super cool, but I I know that in this industry, especially like in the business world and everything like that, we all have mentors. I've had many during my my time, and I feel like everybody interviews mentoring me in some mm-hmm. form or way. That's nice. Um, who has been a mentor for you or somebody that kind of stands out in your your life in a sense? Um, yeah, I've always been really lucky to have a, a strong female mentor in mm-hmm. some capacity. So, and I can go back like as far as I remember, like my mom obviously being my first mentor, like she's just like a brilliant woman who is good at all kinds of uh, things, capacity, her career, keeping the home, taking care of my brother and I. She's an amazing cook. Um, and she's just like a really good heart. Like she's just like the most lovely person. Um, everyone who knows her loves her. So that, you know, it's like hard not to shout out your mom when you're like thinking about mentors <laughs> and, and her food, like she's, um, always been very health focused. Um, and she's always been big on presentation and variety. So yes. I think of a lot of that was just kind of like disseminated down to me. So I feel fortunate for her and her mom was also like an incredible cook. So I feel fortunate for those two. But I think in specific to the type of food I make, there's a woman named um, Elena Love, and she's a friend and teacher, and she is the one who like formally taught me about this food. So I spent about a year just researching and listening to podcasts. This was, um, I guess this was eight years ago, so back in like... 2010 2011 um and I was just a podcast back then were like a little few and far between but you could there was still some people doing some interesting stuff and it allowed me to be in on conversations about medicinal food functional foods veganism plant-based raw vegan that sort of thing um I was reading a lot of books so there's been a couple pivotal books but I ended up finding Elena so I quit my career um in 2012 so I, I had mentioned I'd been in advertising and I decided that okay, I need to go do this full on. So I quit and I traveled to Indonesia in March and studied under Elena. So she um, would host like a four or five week intensive where we would basically study out of a book by Dr. Gabriel Cousins called Conscious Eating every morning. And then in the late morning, we'd start making food. And over the week, the three weeks, we made um, almost 400 recipes. Wow. So, and everything, like we talk about fermentation, we talk about very basic prep, we would talk about sprouting, dehydrating, like all of these kind of alternative ways of prepping food. Um, And then in the evening, we would just eat and it was the best. We'd eat throughout the day, but we would just have a big family style feast. And it was a really beautiful experience. She and I got along very well and um, we were able to kind of trade some expertise. So I ended up helping her with her brand. 
and she invited me down to Sedona um, or Arizona I guess Sedona in Arizona and um, I helped her facilitate the course so I was in it was such good fortune because I took the course and then I got to see behind the scenes as oh, a facilitator beauty it was the best so it was like such an intensive yeah so she hands down is my mentor when it comes to food um, she is a brilliant mind when it comes to um, healing diets and so even though I picked up a lot of tricks along the way studying under somebody who is like tapped in is just was such a gift and so uh, my we've changed the diet slightly because she does spend most of her time in hot countries okay um and so I've tweaked it a little bit so everything we do here includes like cook components and so at things that are best consumed fresh and raw we leave fresh and raw and things that are digestible cooked we would cook so like a sweet potato you can't mm -hmm. eat it raw you would cook it we boil it so it remains low glycemic because that's a big part of elena's diet is sugar-free or low glycemic um or like things like quinoa you know like you can't eat it raw but it's like a protein so yeah. if you cook it so it's like things like that but yeah she is my mentor and she's just a, like a very brilliant woman that was amazing how how did you realize that when you walked into that course for instance all those years ago how did you realize like that's it like I'm in the right spot because sometimes we go to courses and you could go through the 16 weeks and then when you're done you're like oh my god what yeah did I just do with myself what did I just do um I don't know I think I think there's uh there's like a knowingness in us mm -hmm. that sometimes we just distrust um but I had been doing a lot of research and because I'd spent like 10 plus grueling years working in that ad industry I was looking for something really honest I was looking for something that had a spiritual aspect because I'd already begun to realize um, how much like food can bring you your body mind and spirit into alignment so I wanted somebody else who understood that I also wanted to go somewhere that I had never been before so the fact the course was in Indonesia and I would spend some time in like a completely foreign place for me I wanted to be shaken out of my comfort zone and she just kind of had all that so I figured at the very least it was going to be an incredible experience but it wasn't until I was there probably for a few days and she and I were clearly like kindred mm -hmm. that I, I was like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be you said something that a lot of people mention when they come on this platform, and it's leaping outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You took yourself way out to Indonesia. I, I don't even know where that is. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Fair. I was, I, somewhere in Asia. Asia, between Australia, yeah. Okay. And you leaped outside your comfort zone. Did you have any fear, like, while you were doing this? Like, at, me thinking about going to Indonesia, I first of all, I'd be like, what's, what's the weather? Like when, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> was, yeah. was there like a bit of hesitation? And if and if so, like how did you overcome it if you can remember? Or were you just like, forget it, I'm going to go do this and this yeah. is it? There was a lot of like just like full steer ahead. Like you, you know, sometimes you get in that position where you're just, I mean, I use this expression all the time, but when you're in a flow, you just go. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even know where you're going, but when you're in a flow, like there's no stopping it. And so I was definitely in a flow. Was I scared? Yeah, I was scared for all kinds of reasons. Like I remember trying to look at a map of Indonesia ahead of time and like, I can't read the map of it. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why their maps are so different than ours, but like I could not get any sense of like North Southwest or like how the streets were running or anything. So that was kind of nerve wracking. I had to just like plop myself down there. I didn't know what the level of English, like I, I'm a, like a, I can only speak English, so I didn't know what that was going to be like. I didn't know what the food was going to be like. I didn't, I, it's like a bit frightening for sure. I was also um, 
I was also nervous about going into such an intensive course because I knew that that course was going to change me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I guess this is always my, my very close friends laugh at a couple things that happened to me leading up to leaving. I think this will answer your question. Um, so I have a real thing for white icing cake, like white icing on a white cake. It's just like this bad habit I've always had. And before I left, I went to a baker and ordered a slab of cake and like literally ate almost the entire cake by myself because I was so scared when oh. I left that I would come back and never want to eat white, white cake, cake again. again. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. And then also in preparation, like the anticipation of leaving was so strong <laughs> that I crocheted seven quilts in like four weeks leading up to it and watched the entire series of Friday Night Lights. Do you know how long the TV series is? No. Yeah. So I think that will answer your question of like how I felt. I was just like, just get me on that plane or this isn't going to happen. I love the idea of the full slab. Because <laughs> I can just picture it. Like the, I could just, and if you quilt, please make me a quilt. <laughs> Next time you're stressed out, just make me a quilt. I'm going to be very happy. Um, I might have like crocheted myself out. I don't know. Seven <laughs> quilts. And an entire season of Friday Night Lights. So there you go. Or series. Series. A five season series. So you guys heard it right there. If you want to try something <laughs> new, you're going to have to make sure you do everything that you love before you go. Because when you come back, you, you just don't know who you're going to be. You just don't know who mm-hmm. you're that was, That was a mic drop right there. Like, I didn't even. <laughs> that was the best story ever. I love it. So if I'm ever going to try something new, I'm going to go, like, eat hot wings. And, like, yeah, just, just do it. Just do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that. That was pretty cool. Thank yeah. you for, for being authentic with that. I could I could just picture you going like crocheting and like, like eating cake crying, <laughs> watching Friday Night Lights, like what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, well you know what? It's it's the truth. It's the truth. And then look look where we are you right now. You gotta do it. You just gotta do it. That's it. Gotta jump and go for yeah. it. Just go for it. Because if not, then You'd be eating white cakes, though. I'd be eating white cakes and not loving it. No, no. Right? And I really don't even hardly eat it anymore, but that's I fine. stopped eating cake for a full year, and that, like, ruined my life because now I don't like them. So. I know. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. On occasion. Yeah. It, it's, you know what? Cake is overrated. Yeah. Sorry, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that clicked us off now. <laughs> no. We're done. We just We're ruined done. it. No, no, no. Um, I have to ask... Let... <laughs> <laughs> You're too much. You're like, you need, you need your own podcast. Never mind me. You're the one. I have to, I have to ask. Um, so your brand, whenever I see it, the goods, I always think of like medicine and feel good and, and everything. How did you, how did the goods surface? Like you could have named it anything. You could have named it Lisa's goods or, you know, Indonesia one-on-one. Um, that just came out of nowhere. But yeah. in a sense, how did the goods how did that brown, the brand sprout? Get sure, it? sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How did it sprout? Organically? How did it organically come to be? Yeah. Um, uh, it was It was funny. It was like eating a, a vegan burrito with one of my coworkers. I remember the exact moment. We were at, at Zteca, which is like a local um, like Tex-Mex brand. They make mm-hmm. really nice food. And we were sitting there. We were brainstorming. Nice. And I was going to call it No Mama at first because um, I, it was like at the time I was a little bit more focused on like the vegan aspect. I hadn't fully like understood the medicinal power yet. Um, so we were playing with that of calling it No Mama. And then um, we ended up talking. I just kept saying, but it's just so good. Like, 
the food is good. It's good for local economy. It's good for your health. It's good for community. It's good for the planet. It's just so good. And I just kept saying the word over and over. And then obviously my friend Adam, who was with me said, well, it's the goods. And then that it was just in that moment, I knew that it was the goods. And then we couldn't get the, we couldn't get any like social under just the goods. Obviously it had been taken. And so we ended up just going with the goods is good because everything about the goods is good. So that's kind of where the brand came from. And then we ran with just the logo and the name for a long time. And then in the, look, I think two years ago, um, John Street, which is an ad agency downtown, who's been eating my food like from the very beginning, um, asked me if they could take the brand on as a project. And so it was beautiful because Petra and um, Niall and Mo, who were all working on it, had also all been eating my food. So they just understood, like nice. they had all had the experience and understood like inherently what I was trying to do. And we, I just really wanted it to be set apart from other people because there's a lot of people who talk about making healthy food. Then I would debate how healthy that food is and what they actually mean by that. And so I was just saying, I just want to be as transparent as possible because I think if people could actually like see the food we're making and what we're putting into it and that we're only using organic olive oil and we're only using mineral salts and we're only using fresh produce and there's no cans in the store and we're juicing our own lemon juice, if they could just see how much effort goes into it and what we mean when we say from scratch, mm -hmm. they would get how we're mm -hmm. different. So they took that and ran with it. And so now all of our packaging is these color bars, but the colors are actually like representative of each ingredient by ratio. So when you get a green smoothie, you can see that the, major the top bar is all green and the majority of it is actually kale and spinach and that it's just apple and like a bit of pear and then hemp and water. And so that's how we, that the brand evolved to be. And that's why the store is open concept. So you can see in the kitchen because mm -hmm. we just want to be as transparent as possible. That's why you saw our menu book is like photographs of the food. So I designed the food, Rachel, um, who you met today, plates the food. We take it to my friend, Steph, who photographs the box open. And then we use that for training. We use it online and we use it in the menu. And then we detail every single ingredient and then indicate organic stuff as well. And so the big thing was just being as transparent as possible. So originally the goods is because everything's good. And then the second leg of the branding project was trying to be as transparent as possible. And that's the intention behind it. You are transparent. Your brand needs to be next to the word transparent in Webster <laughs> Dictionary. I'm going to give Thanks. them a shout. Thanks. When we're done here, I'm going to call them. And Thank you. It's, it's a beautiful concept. Like, I can't get over it. I, I rave about it. Like, I was super excited about this interview because what you just said, you come into the space, you see your, your online community, you see your menu. It is exactly what you described it. Thank to you. the T. To the T. Like, to the T. Uh, somebody like you that's so busy and like you you described your creative process and like I think you're a brilliant mind like a beautiful person how what does a day look like for you like you know kind of like take me through your day in a sense like if I'm yeah. I'm in your pocket yeah <laughs> they ch it changes a lot um, I'm actually was asked to write a, a blog post about what my daily routine is it's taking me two weeks because I don't seem to have one um, <laughs> great but like it kind of starts and ends the same so I can start there but um, I, when I wake up in the morning I'm adamant about like the phone is nowhere near me because we habitually grab those phones and it's mm -hmm. not the way I want to enter the world every morning so I wake up 
and I usually lie there and breathe and do a body awareness um, exercise, which is basically just breathing and like pulling your awareness into your body and in the present moment. I find that is like huge for having a lot of gratitude and appreciation for the day. Um, Cause sometimes you can wake up grumpy and if you don't catch it right away, it can take you. And I still get those days for sure, but I find this helps a lot. I also have two animals at home. So Sanchez and Clyde, they're 15 and 10 year old schnauzers Ooh. and they're my bo- bros, they're my buddies. Um, and they wake me up every day at six. So part of the <laughs> breathing exercise is to not flip out because they wake up every day at six o'clock. So that's fairly intense. So we usually have a little cuddle and like on with our day. Um, and then it depends. Like today I decided to take Monday off because I've been working a lot. So I did a bunch of stretching, did my exercise, walked my dogs, made myself some food, green smoothie, so predictable, um, some avocado toast. And yeah, on with my day. Um, I write a lot, so some days are consumed by just like writing mm-hmm. and journaling, and I document all my dreams. I'm big on that. I document oh. any kind of like interesting experiences I have in the world, like animal encounters or something a bit serendipitous. So I'm pretty good at recording that stuff. Um, other days are a little more intense, where I have to like wake up and go and be in the store. Um, I love connecting with my team. I have an amazing team. I absolutely love connecting with the customers. So some days I come in just to hang out at the store and see customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not overly routined. I think as a business, I think that's one of the things I like about owning my own business is I have just a lot of freedom to, not always, but now that the we moved last year um, into a new location and it was like a pretty heavy gut in reno. Um, and so now that things have stabilized a little bit, I've had a like much more freeing schedule. But there are times where I work for 14 days in a row and like it's nonstop and r- relentless. So routine's challenging. It's definitely, I feel as though as a creative person, there can never, you can never document this. Right? It's, just, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. But I definitely, you have a routine in the morning though. Like you have something that you get. The morning from. is really key. And there's other things I do that I think are, because I think when we think routine, we want to feel like we have like at 10 a.m. I do this, mm-hmm. at 2 p.m. I do this. There's things I do. I'm really big into breathing and just meditating and taking even five minutes is like so transformative um i also float very regularly so i don't know if you've ever done sensory deprivation tanks no but i've heard good things oh they're amazing i'll send you one so um i've been at float toronto um for since they open i guess it's like five years now so i float at least monthly if not more depending what's going on um during the renovation which was an intense time because we were running the other location and opening this one It was a lot. I was floating every week for clarity, so that's huge. I do a lot of body work, so uh, yoga, Pilates, and otherwise, stuff in that category. Um, I'm pretty regular with that, but I ride my bike a lot. So there's like, I think when my, for me, the routine stuff is kind of like wellness related. Okay. And just making sure that I'm getting that like self-care time in. And also as like a creative person, that is so key to, that is like the only place you're getting is when you're stepping away from like, the required tasks yeah. and doing the things that like you could skip, but really you can't skip. No, but I get that. The first things to get cut. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who who has time to meditate or to do anything like that? You. But once you're done, you feel mm-hmm. so much better about yourself. And in theory, you actually don't have time not to. Oh no. But I get it. Like I do it too. It's the first step to go. But yeah, that's like the most powerful is when I'm keeping that in the regular rotation. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Now that we, we've gone through the creative part, what mm-hmm. you do every day, if you saw yourself at 20 years mm-hmm. old, 
like right now what would you tell yourself <laughs> I feel like I would run up to her and like just like hug her and start like screaming being like you're good you did it you're figuring <laughs> it out it's okay um yeah I think I would definitely be like g- g- just trust yourself like that's like the biggest biggest thing is just trust yourself like we have so much like inherent wisdom but we get so spun out and twisted up in our heads of like what's going to happen or what if this doesn't work out or what should I be doing or what did he actually say or like was she right or do I not have any idea what I'm doing like (laughs) don't listen to that stuff or like do but with a grain of salt right like Mm -hmm. let it kind of flow through you because there are some wise things that come have come my way over the years but yeah I think I would tell my 20 year old self to just keep going trust yourself like I think back to that girl she was like less than one year away from moving to Toronto to start her ad career I am like I'm so impressed with her that she had the balls to do that to get up and get in a car move her stuff and just like into a big city I didn't know anybody and I just went for it and I'm so glad I did and I think that's just like the trust is huge like sometimes I actually pen it on the inside of my finger so I like catch it throughout the day is like just trust like just keep going and trust your life trust yourself so yeah that I think that's just it so you would just just trust yourself that would be I I get that I wish I would tell myself that right I'll I'm gonna tell it to myself all the time now (laughs) just try it like you're a wise woman oh thanks but you are thanks now you're gonna make the host cry This is the goal. Make Hannah cry (laughs) during interviews. I have to... This is a part of the show that I kind of give you the stage. Um, You can let us know where your location is. Anything that's on your mind right now, I'm done talking. Okay. (laughs) This is kind of your space right now. Cool. And and you can just say Cool, yeah. So we're located um, in the west end of Toronto, just in an area called Roncesvalles. It's just on the border of High Park. Um, it's a really beautiful neighborhood. It's um, it's dominated by local businesses, a lot of female-owned uh, businesses nice. as well. Um, the neighborhood is really beautiful. It feels like almost like a bit of a utopia sometimes. Just how it's just so green and lush, and there's a beautiful market every Monday, and the community is incredibly supportive. Uh, it's been it's been just like a blessing being here. Um, previous to this location, it'll be our one-year anniversary mid-June so probably maybe around the time no like around the time this airs I would yeah. assume um previous to that we were on Dundas West uh and that neighborhood was amazing for us as well it just was a highly inaccessible location and a big part of moving was that we make food that's inclusive meaning that everyone can eat our food like it's one of our goals if somebody comes in with dietary requirements Mm -hmm. that don't fit maybe something that's on our menu we will find them something to eat so one of our claims to claims to fame is that there's never been anybody we can't feed the hitch with that with our old location was that there were people we couldn't feed who couldn't get into our space so hmm. it was just what it was at the time but a big part for me was that finding an actual accessible location so our new location is ramped we have an accessible washroom and it just allows everyone to get in here so that was a huge part so the space is fully accessible um yeah and you can come in and sit and eat you can we do really fast takeout we're available on uber eats we do a ton of catering we can host events um yeah it's just like a really nice rounded business at this point and i love it so there's that and then the only other thing that i wanted to say i realized i started out you asked me about my creative process and i'm like this is going to be weird and then i didn't say the weird thing ah say the weird so thing. so i want to say it because i feel that i often am channeling 
um, information. So previous to getting into food, I used to claim that I didn't eat vegetables and that I didn't cook. So I didn't have a lot of history. And so sometimes the food that I create, I'm really surprised because I don't know where it's coming from. So I think it's my grandmother's. Oh. Yeah, I do. And it's happened twice in particular where um, my sweet heat soup, which is a curry coconut sweet potato soup, mm -hmm. um, I had never made a soup in my entire life. And it was like around, uh, both times it happens around the holidays, but it was Christmas and I was like, it had the day off and being kind of like lazy mm -hmm. and something said get out of bed right now and so I like got out of bed and I started grabbing ingredients out of the fridge and just started like cooking up the soup and it was like the first go the soup was perfect it's like as it is on our menu now was how I created it back then on the first try and I had this just overwhelming feeling of like oh. something working through me and it just felt like my grandmother's my one grandmother in particular my mom's mom and then Two Christmases ago, I was in um, Toronto and I stayed here to hang out with my chosen family. I didn't go home to see my biological family that year. And I had decided that, okay, I'm gonna cook a meal for myself if I'm gonna be here. So I marched over to the location. It's very rare that I can be in the space by myself. So it was nice to have an opportunity to cook in my kitchen. Um, so I marched over to the restaurant and just started again, just like started cooking and I made this beet soup and it was amazing I like walked home with it in a sip cup and drank it and it was so nourishing and then I got home and I was like that's interesting like I wonder what this soup would be considered so I started googling so my mom's side is Polish and I've always felt very connected with the Polish side mm -hmm. um, and I also have a lot of like my best friend is Polish and I've always had people in my life that are of that descent and I like feel very close to them so I started googling and I realized the soup I made is actually a traditional Christmas Eve Polish borscht Aww. and on Christmas Eve the Polish guys don't use meat which I didn't know so I like actually made a traditional Christmas Eve borscht with a zero awareness that that even existed just on the fly and felt like my grandmother and I wanted to name it Deep Roots too while mm -hmm. I was making it um, anyway, it's one of our more popular we're now in the Polish area Roncesvalles is a Polish area and so I was really happy to create such a thing so it's just a beautiful uh pureed borscht so we leave the veggies in and then we dehydrate mushrooms dill and, uh, dill and onions as the topper so you get mm -hmm. this like really savory crunchy topper that you can like mix in it's beautiful but yeah that's the weird part a lot of times i think my recipes are like moved through me and like through my hands yeah that was the part i left out that was phenomenal <laughs> Like, you guys need to go back and listen to that again because <laughs> your, like, grandparents and people from the past are channeling their information through you. So pay attention next time mm. you get told to wake up and do something. Totally. Your ancestors have our back. They, they totally do. Mm. They totally do. This was super fun. Yeah. I'm so glad this happened. I have to, I ended with a mic drop and you said, in a flow. So, in a flow, if you're in a flow, just keep going. This is your favorite host and Vice Mahana with Lisa from The Good Goods on the other hand. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you.